What's going on, everyone? And welcome to another edition of the 49 Carrots Podcast. I'm your host, Steph, and we just finished watching the 49ers draft. Well, all the teams draft day three of the draft. And man, I'm I'm pretty excited to talk about the 49ers picks today. Came away with a lot of good players that I'm excited about. And I am joined here today with uh, Rohan from 49ers Web Zone. He's also a host, one of the hosts on 49ers Red Zone podcast with Marco as well. Um, how you feeling today, Rohan? You are muted. <laughs> All right, that's a good start. It's been a busy day, though. The 49ers have been obviously going crazy, uh, not only with their draft picks, they obviously stayed put, which means we saw multiple selections, six in total, and then we obviously are getting a ton of UDFA information. So busy day, but I mean, that's what we get excited about come draft time. We want to see these draft selections and who we end up uh, starting in a way, or who we end up kind of picking out of obviously a ton of draft crush that a lot of people have. Yeah, and you said it. That's That was probably one of the biggest um, surprises to me, the fact that the 49ers didn't make any moves at all. They didn't trade up. They didn't trade down. Um, so that was a little surprising, something that they I'm accustomed to them doing in past drafts. But let's look at some of the names that they selected on day three. Um, we'll, we'll talk about every one of these guys one by one. Um but as a whole, how are you feeling about this day three group that we saw today? I will say interesting. I think that's a one word to describe it because the 49ers definitely went in a route that I didn't expect them to go. Like you obviously thought, oh, the 49ers are definitely going after a safety. They're definitely going after a center, right? People thought about Alex Smith, yes. who was going to, who essentially is like he's staged to retire. We don't know the, the details behind it, but it seems like it. And obviously the safety position left by Jaquaski Tart. We signed George Odom the offseason. But there are questions to whether there is a long-term starter or even a short-term starter opposite of Jimmy Ward with the position group that we have that you can rely on. And the 49ers chose to opt against going uh, with both of those positions instead focusing towards the interior offensive line and offensive tackle with uh, Burford and Nick Zakelji. And then obviously two cornerbacks – there's uh, Forte and defensive tackle, and then ending the rounds with a quarterback, which uh, definitely adds some intrigue to this draft class. I feel like the 49ers do this every year where we, the fans and like, you know, media on the outside looking in, we, we always think, okay, these are their needs. And then they go and draft someone completely different or most for the most part, um, best player avail available, I would assume, um, based on their big board. Uh, so, you know, they always come away with some surprises, and this draft was no different. One day we'll we'll just learn this is how they do it, and and not be so disappointed when they don't draft the guys that we want them to. Um, but let's start talking about the first pick um, that the 49ers did today. This happened in the fourth round. 134 overall, uh, the tackle out of UTSA, Spencer Burford. Um, man, I mean, if you're looking at his RES chart, you can see his 10-yard split is green. Uh, a lot of people have pointed out that some of uh, Kyle Shanahan's picks or the 49ers picks, they have a good 10-yard split. So this is is this something that they 
really covet? I'd, I'd like to think so, because essentially what does the 10-yard split indicate? How quick you can move out, and especially for the 49ers, they want that first step, that first quickness for you guys, for you to be able to move out in space. And also it kind of indicates how fast can you react. So when you have that 10-yard split, especially in pass coverage, that is, you have the ability to react quick enough where you can come back and uh, finish up your pass protection. But I think that it is important. Spencer Burford obviously is um, an interesting pick, to say the least, because you have a guy with 6'4". You said it, rare length, but he's small. He's not a 6'4", 320, 330 kind of guy. He's 6'4", 305 pounds, and uh, he likely, while he played tackle, he played guard, and he he played both sides of tackle, and he played guard, and he also um, like projects in a way at both positions. I think he slides in kind of as a guard in the NFL, which is interesting. I, I heard a comment earlier today. I want to get your take on it regarding Burford. The 49ers kind of have a tendency to draft players and then move them around on the offensive line away from their position that they play in college. I want to know, what do you think about that, and why do you think in a way that they do that? You know, some uh, they do do that a lot, and it's not just the offensive line. I feel like there's been a couple times they've done that with defensive line players as well, right? Um, which I have different in a different outlook on how they do that on the defensive line. But on the offensive line, I think you know sometimes it makes sense. Um, I, I saw, you know, even with some of the other picks like uh, Zakel as well, like people were saying he's more of a guard as well, and so. I think that's just based on the things that they do well and their uh, athletic profile and, and what translates the best at the next level. So I don't really have a problem with it per se. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I just hope this one works out. Uh, you mentioned the position versatility. I mean, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that if they see him as a guard, he'll always be there. Right it's good to know that he can play those other positions as well. Uh, left tackle, left guard, right tackle as well. He had a 98.3 PFF pass blocking efficiency grade in 2021. Um, and again, he he offers good versatility, uh, good depth. I would assume this is a, a depth signing. Um, yeah, they have a lot of guys on the offensive line that they can kind of, you know, see who comes out uh, on top. Right, and I think it's interesting because the 49ers, like you said, they like these versatile type of players. They have a ton on their roster. Daniel Brunskill is the epitome of that. He's played at legitimately all five positions on the offensive line, can slide in anywhere, and potentially projects to be the starting center for the 49ers in 2022. Then you also have a guy like Justin Skeel who can play on both sides. You have a guy like Jalen Moore who can play – um, at tackle, primarily a tackle, but Kyle Shanahan has indicated he might use him at guard this year. So you have these guys where they like to use these versatile players. And it's interesting because a guy we're going to talk about a little later as well projects more as a guard. He himself said it despite playing tackle at the collegiate level. So that's kind of their MO in a way with these offensive linemen. They want versatile players where they have tackle experience, but they prefer them as guards in the NFL. And I, it is interesting because the 49ers obviously run a scheme that not many teams run. They run the zone outside zone scheme where they prefer the agility and they prefer the quickness as opposed to maybe press protection uh, with their offensive linemen. I think Burford to me is more of a projection pick. I think he definitely has the capability, but at the moment 
I don't know how refined he is, especially in pass protection, which uh, signifies that he probably isn't a day one starter for the 49ers. I think he is more of a pick potentially for 2023 with hope that they can project him or I mean, develop him into a starting caliber player. Um, should Mike McGlinchey go or should there not be an immediate solution at right guard in 2023? And so that's where I think Burford kind of slides in. But the upside is uh, definitely there because you think that he he does have quick feet. I think that that's valuable for him. And I think he, like a lot of people were saying, oh, wow, this could be our, in a way, our Trent Williams after seeing the clip that I think Brad posted. You know, he's got the power. When he moves in space, he's pretty good. And so right now, I think it's all about refinement and pass protection for him. Yeah, exactly. And I would caution on, you know, getting opinions on, you know, offensive linemen just based on highlights. There's a lot more right. to Definitely. these players than their highlights. I mean, yeah, it's great. He he can do these things. You know, he can be very physical. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about being consistent. And that's what's going to make you a starter on the offensive line. Whether or not he can do that, that's yet to be seen. I agree with you, Rohan. I don't think that he's going to be a starter at this level at Right now, I think he projects as depth at most, which is Definitely. fine. They they need depth, so I'm okay with that. I'm I'm good with that pick. Um, interesting enough, I mean Zach Tom was on the board yeah. when they made this pick, and he actually ended up going shortly after to the Ravens. What do you think about that? I know, you know, there's a lot of talk of you know maybe the 49ers don't feel that they need. Uh, a center or that they needed to select a center in this draft. They have Daniel Brunskill. They could also look to JC Treader. Um, you know, now that the draft is over. I mean, what do you think there? I think Zach Tom would have been a nice pick. You know, I, I, I really do. I thought that Zach Tom would have been the pick at 134 because you said it. The 49ers need a center, and Zach Tom is the epitome of versatility as well. He played left tackle, has the mold of a center, can play center as well. And I'm sure, given how the 49ers like to slide people to guard, that he would end up playing some form of guard had he been selected for the 49ers as well. But that provides you with the day ones, potentially a day one starter at center. Obviously, coming um, out of that scheme over there in Wake Forest, I do think that it is somewhat similar. He is a pretty fast runner, right? He ran 494 at the Combine pretty athletic in a way and i think that he definitely has the he could have had the ability to be a center for for the nfl but i i mean i think i liked the 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 idea that he played left guard or left tackle as well over the last two seasons i thought that that was valuable for um a player like him and there's a reason that he didn't go um or he didn't last much longer right the 49ers drafted at 134 he went at 140 to the green bay packers who likely get a starting caliber player on day one did he go um, to the Packers I, I or did he like go it. to the Ravens? I thought my belief is that he went to the Packers. Uh, oh, okay. Okay. I thought it was the Ravens, but maybe they were just showing that on the screen when um oh man, I you know, low key, I liked the Packers draft, but that that's another story. Um, let's move on to the 49ers next pick, their fifth round pick. Um at 172 overall, cornerback Samuel Womack out of Toledo. Um, there's a lot of green here. I mean, there's, there's some things to like, again, the 10 yard splits, the 20 yard splits, some, uh, very green there. Uh, he graded well. Um, wh what do you think about this one? I thought this one was interesting because up to this point in the draft, the 49ers had met with every, um, player that they had selected. Um, and so this was one of their first selections who, at least to my knowledge and, you know, public knowledge, 
they hadn't met with. He participated in the Hula Bowl. Maybe they met with him there. Who knows? Um, he was a walk-on at Toledo, actually, which is pretty interesting. He ended up being a three-yard, three-year starter for them. He has experience in uh, cover three, cover four system. So there is some fam- familiarity with what the 49ers are running there. Um, but w- what do you see out of him? I know some people thought this was an interesting pick at this point in the draft. Right. And I, I don't think that, like, I know a lot of people maybe weren't as happy with the selection. Um, I do think that, honestly, this pick wasn't as bad as people thought it may be. Obviously, the player's unknown, right? Uh, I do think that the 49ers did talk with him. I remember when he, when he was speaking for a little bit that he said that they, they had some sort of communication prior to the draft. He also yeah. is good friends with Ambry Thomas, which is an interesting factor um, in a way. I don't think that that played into the draft selection, but him and Ambry Thomas both grew up in the Detroit area together, rivaled, and they've remained in communication over the years. So that's an interesting fact. But speaking about the player itself, I think that this could be a day one starter at slot corner. I think that um, he he definitely has a chance to compete with Diamond Lenore at the moment for that slot corner position. I, I'm really intrigued by the speed. Obviously, he ran a 4-4 like you see on the screen, and he plays bigger than his size. He's 5'10", 190. What do the 49ers like at the slot corner position? They like players like K1 Williams, who is a solid run defender, who played bigger than his size at 180 pounds and was able to wrap up in the in the run game. And I'm not saying that um, Samuel, uh, Samuel Roll, shoot, what's his last name again? Uh, Womack. I can't say it. Womack. Womack. Womack, Womack yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, it's hard. I, I keep trying to say it every time I say it, and I keep getting it wrong. Samuel like Womack. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in a way. But Samuel Womack, I think he plays bigger than his size in a way. And I'll watch more tape on him today. But to me, I think that it's an all right comparison. Um, I don't think he's the soundest tackler for sure. I think that's the one kind of part that he probably has to improve on. But I do think that he has a choice. But for me, the one thing that I'm most impressive about is – Ball skills. He this guy. This guy is around around the ball a lot. Inter, uh, intercepted two passes last year. Led the FBS with 17 pass breakups. So he, despite his short kind of height, he has long. Uh, he has a long wingspan, which I think is important. He has long arms, and so that's helpful for him uh, at that uh, cornerback position. Do I think that they could have gone another direction in this pick? Yeah, definitely. I think that there were solid players on the board. I think there's still solid players on the board in the later rounds as well, given how deep this class was. But I'm fine with this pick. I don't necessarily think this was the best value of the pick. I think you could have probably got him later. But as we've seen with multiple occasions, the NFL circles know a little more than the media circles, right? They're, they sometimes differ. So Womack might be on different players' boards a little earlier, like in around five, round six range. The 49ers probably didn't want to lose out on him. But the main last thing that I'll say is special teams contributor. I think that that's important. He at least has the ability to do that in his rookie year. Should he not make the make the like the starting caliber or starting lineup, I think he has the ability to be a special teams contributor. And the 49ers have really looked to address that position um, this offseason. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, and actually, the 49ers said that, or he said that the 49ers did tell him they view him as a slot corner and mm-hmm. as a contributor on special teams. So right. that, that's definitely on par with what you just said. And yeah, I mean, he he's on the shorter end, but he's physical, he's fast. So there's definitely something to work with there uh, for Womack. And you know, if he ends up being the starting nickel, I think. You know, we won't be complaining about where he got drafted, right? So we'll just have yeah. to wait and see, uh, you know, if he's able to start at uh, nickel corner. 
this upcoming season. I think that would be a good win for the 49ers. Um, moving on, let, let's look at now some six-round selections. Um, we have Fordham uh, offensive tackle, or in this, I guess he plays guard as well, um, Nick Zakel. Um, very athletic, as you can see. We're looking at his yeah. RES score for the audio listeners. There's a lot of green, which is a very good thing. And I feel like at this point that maybe this is uh, a good value pick just considering how athletic he is. But at the same time, I do feel like there there is some work that needs to be done on his end. His technique can use some work. But – Again, the 49ers, they're betting on athleticism. They can afford to do that. Like we mentioned earlier, they have a lot of guys on the offensive line that they can kind of just say, all right, have at it. You know, one of the one of you guys is going to be able to start. One of you guys is going to be our swing tackle. And who knows? Maybe, uh, you know, Zakel ends up being something for them or some someone who they can develop um, into a nice uh, – you know, piece on the offensive line. What do you think about Zakel in this pick? Yeah, so Zakel was obviously an intriguing pick based on what we see in front of us. Great athlete, just great athlete. Obviously, the 10-yard split is what pops out, and as we spoke earlier, that kind of matters to the 49ers. One of the best 10-yard splits, and Zakel behind Cole Strange was the second-best interior offensive lineman at the Combine in terms of testing behind only Cole Strange, as I said. So that's another intriguing thing. 49ers are obviously going off upside here because athlete is there. He also has familiarity with the zone scheme. And I think the reason that he probably dropped a little more um, was because of his poor outing at the senior bowl. Obviously we're going to Fordham. He didn't necessarily play top tier talent on a regular basis, goes to the senior bowl and didn't really have his best outing up, uh, there at the senior bowl, which was kind of um, a little disappointing probably because obviously we see a lot of players that rise in the senior bowl, uh, a couple of players that, um, dropped down in the senior bowl. I think Zakel was kind of in the in the latter tier in a way. Um, he wanted more out of that. That's what Tony Pauline himself said as well. But um, I thought he tested really well at the combine, um, as proven by the as proven by what we saw there. I think he has the potential to be a guard. He said in his post uh, in his press conference after he was drafted, while he's most comfortable at tackle, he expects to play guard at the NFL, and he thinks that that's what best suits him at the NFL level. So I think he projects more as a guard. But again, he has the tackle versatility, just like Spencer Burford, our earlier selection. Uh, another more projection pick, I actually think he's a little more sound than Burford at the moment. Um, I do. I personally believe that. Um, although I'm not the O-line expert, I think that he kind of has the better chance to start day one compared to Spencer Burford. But obviously it's another transition where you have to transition from tackle to guard, which he only played like he only played guard a very limited amount, I think, at the senior bowl. And yeah. so that's that's kind of like the the main experience he has. We'll see how he goes during the offseason. But again, another upside pick. The 49ers obviously feel fairly confident with their offensive line at the moment where they can draft upside picks for the later rounds. Um, do I think that that's the best strategy? Maybe not necessarily. I think that they could have tried to get immediate starters to to compete. But again, um, this kind of shores up their offensive line depth and also kind of paves the way for Daniel Brunsko to potentially play center because you have guys filling that Daniel Brunsko role now with the two guys that you've drafted. Yeah, absolutely. And another thing, I mean, we talked about the fact that he's going to be, um, you know, probably playing guard in the NFL. 
But John Lynch even said he, he provides some center flexibility as well. That's news to me. I mean, if he can do that, that would be a plus. At least if he would be some depth at center, that's great. Um, you see some of his accolades here. He started 45 games. Uh, he was a three-time first-team All-Patriot uh, League honor. And, yeah, I mean, again, they're betting on athleticism. And, you know, seeing if that could, if they could develop these players into contributors. So the 49ers more than, you know, other teams could, can afford to do that. Um, So I'm not mad at this pick at all. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. All right. Let's look at, um, you know, after that. I I was really happy with the next pick, UCF defensive tackle Kalia Davis. Um, he does not have an RAS score that I can show you because he did not, uh, you right. know, have any tests. Yeah. yeah, he didn't test. Um, <clears throat> he did tear his ACL in October, so he is coming off of that injury. Um, but you know, if you look at his play before that ACL tear. He is a beast, man. He's disruptive. Um, you know, he's a run stuff stuffer up the middle. He reminds me a lot of uh, DJ Jones, just yeah. like the, having that same impact. And John Lynch, you know, pretty much said the same thing in the uh, post-draft uh, presser as well. They see a lot of that in him. And I think he would have gone a lot sooner if he was healthy. So I think the 49ers get some good value here, even if you know, he's not going to be ready at the start of this season, which is also something that was said about him after the um, the draft. So if he's not ready, they can afford that. They are stacked at the defensive line. And so this was really a luxury pick for them. What do you think? Yeah, I, I do think that too. I mean, obviously the 49ers are predicated on their defensive line. And sure, could they have gone center? Could they have gone safety? Could they have gone potentially with a more pressing need? Yeah, but in the sixth round, you kind of want this value. And I think Kalia Davis kind of fits that mold for you. Um, Like you said, disruptive, run stuffer. And I personally also agree with the fact that he reminds you of DJ Jones. Why? He's a 302-pound guy. But like uh, it shows on screen, he was a former linebacker turned defensive lineman, meaning he has the the, the the bend of a linebacker in a way, which is a little more adequate than other players or other players at the position. He also has the athleticism at the position as well, and I'm sure the testing would have reflected that. And so when you have a guy of that mold, uh, despite being that big, can also be an athlete. It does remind you of DJ Jones, who's cra- uh, able to do crazy things in the backfield as a two-down guy. Yeah, experience at three tech and one tech is also important. And I think the biggest thing is this pick is essentially like a, a redshirt pick because the 49ers don't have to carry him on the 53-man roster. They'll likely put him on the PUP list, the physically unable to play list, or the NFL list. And yep. they're going to be able to carry another defensive lineman that they would have otherwise had to have cut. They were, they're going to be able to carry another guy, at least for the beginning of the season, on the 53-man roster, providing them with extra depth, preserving bodies as the season begins. And I think that's important while also getting a player who could eventually be a, a starter for you uh, on that defensive line, uh, at least on pa- uh, run-stuffing downs. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about this pick. And we'll have to be patient, right? I mean – you know, you said it, he he might land on the pup list. He might land on the NFI, but when he's ready, I, I am completely, you know, expecting him to be a contributor. Um, so very excited. Um, 
Now let's look at the seventh round pick. Oh, wait. Oh, did I skip some? Yes, I did. Okay, I skipped one. Actually, okay, one so more. this is, yeah. yes, this is the back-to-back picks that the 49ers had in the sixth round. And so the, I was excited about both of these picks. Sorry, mm, uh, Tariq, yeah. I, I, you know, I missed you here. Uh, sixth round pick, they picked him up right after Kalia Davis at a Penn State cornerback. He was also another senior bowl um, participant and I think this is another value pick for the 49ers. That's why I loved this back-to-back sequence for them in this draft. Um, he was originally projected to go around early day three, like fourth round. And, you know, to get him in the sixth, I think that's some really great value for him. As you can see from his RES chart, I mean, a lot of grain, a lot of athleticism. So, you know, it just speaks to what the 49ers have been going after this entire draft athleticism you see a lot of that in this draft so what do you think about this pick yeah I think I honestly think that the 49ers got their two best selections back to back Kalia Davis and Tariq Castro Fields like the other picks were solid um some were a little questionable but I think these two were their best picks with Tariq Castro Fields being their best day three pick for sure uh Castro Fields like you said a third or a fourth round pick but as we saw with multiple players in this class with such a deep class the 49ers were able to uh get one of the players who unfortunately fell because of how deep this class was at multiple positions and so Tariq Castro Fields you can see the athleticism what do the 49ers like at the cornerback position? They love athletes. We've seen it before. Akella Witherspoon, we just drafted a fifth-round corner in Samuel Womack, who is another athlete, and also he's a wide receiver turned cornerback. I didn't say that earlier, but that's another thing. Tariq Castro-Fields fits that mold. You see an elite 10-yard split. He's got a good off-the-jump. He also has a good 40-yard dash, meaning he can keep up uh, going deep. Solid size as well, six foot, 197, around 200. That's what you want out of an outside quarter. Um, and so I do think that he he probably is the best pick that we've made. What I like about him, press coverage. He He's good with press coverage. He's got a good, uh, good length, good athleticism. I think he can stay in press coverage. He's not a great tackler. That's the one thing he has to improve on. So I wonder how he fits into the 49ers mold, a team that normally uh, requires, not requires, but advocates for tackling at the quarterback position. We've seen that on countless occasions. So I wonder how can he develop that skill to be better at um, – at it and uh, secure a better role for the 49ers. But yeah, good pick at um, in the sixth round. Definitely a value pick for a guy who you could have gotten three rounds earlier and it would have been a fine selection. So I like the pick for sure. And I wonder what is his role for 2022? Does he, does he move into the slot? Um, does he remain a boundary corner? Because the 49ers obviously need quality depth. We don't want Josh Norman. We don't want Drake Kirkpatrick coming back and playing key role, uh, key minute or key uh plays off the bench off literally the street that we had last year so this is quality depth we now have a, a multitude of players at the position mostly uh Traverius ward we have ambry thomas diameter lenore k uh not k1 dante johnson uh darkies denard and now our two rookies that's eight players um in the in the cornerback room going into going into the offseason obviously you probably expect around six players to make it and maybe only seven. If uh, you think that one of those players like a Dante Johnson perhaps profiles better at safety. So it is a deep room in a way. Um, and I think that that's exciting. 49ers get a good player here. Who's a good projection going forward. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you said it, they have a lot of depth and I wouldn't be mad if they 
added Jason Barrett back into the mix as well. Just a, a veteran presence. There's a lot of young corners in this group. And so I think bringing him back wouldn't hurt. I mean, you know, he has that injury history, I know. But, you know, that's not going to hurt you when he's, you know, lower on the depth chart. Oh, right? shoot. So. Oh, there we go. I see it. 49ers signed Donovan West. They, they did. I was about to say that, actually. Yes. Oh, yes. That just came out. That oh man, like I that people one, people thought like people were blaming the 49ers. Oh my god, you didn't draft center, you didn't draft a center. They go out and get the two best uh centers in like on the board in him and Mercer. Wow. Exactly. I, I would have been like so happy if they got Donovan West at any point today in the draft and they mm-hmm. end up getting him as a UDFA. Why why do you think he you know went undrafted? I, I wonder if it's a medical thing. Obviously, these things come yeah, out after the draft. Because Donovan West, in my opinion, was a good pick. Also, Alec yeah. Lindstrom went undrafted, and I thought Alec Lindstrom and Jason Poe had a potential to be drafted. So maybe it's yeah. just a surplus at the position without a lack, because obviously center isn't as valuable to certain organizations. I know the 49ers value it, but not uh, every organization values the center position. So it could have been a factor of those. One thing I pointed out, it's more of a conspiracy theory in a way, and I don't necessarily know. I'm not a conspiracy guy. But one thing I said in my space earlier today was, I wonder if these players realize that they might make some more money. If they're going in the seventh round, they might make some more money as an undrafted free agent, given the amount of guaranteed money that they can make there versus the amount of guaranteed money that they can get as a prospect. So they might tell teams, don't draft me, and I'll sign with you as an undrafted free agent in a way. And so I know we're going to talk about the Brock Purdy pick in a minute, but uh, I'll explain a little more when I get there. But that that might be a thing. Uh, I'm not sure if that's true, but that might be a thing. That's an interesting thought, actually, because, I mean, we, as I was reading that Donovan West got uh, signed as a, a undrafted free agent, I also saw that six other teams were interested in him, and he chose the 49ers coming in on, you know, what they call a hefty, uh, you know, deal for a free agent at this point, um, ten thousand dollars signing bonus and a hundred thousand dollars guaranteed. So, I mean. That's that's not pretty bad for an undrafted guy and definitely someone who a lot of people were after as the draft ended makes total sense. He I think that's some great value for the 49ers there. Um, Very excited so far about this undrafted free agent group. We will continue talking about some of those names, actually. Uh, But first, let's talk about the final pick. For the 49ers, the final pick in the NFL draft, Mr. Irrelevant. Um, we are talking about uh, Brock Purdy out of uh, Iowa State. What do you think about Brock? I mean, honestly, I, I haven't done a lot of homework on any of the quarterbacks because I didn't right. think we would even pick one. But, you know, he had a good completion percentage <clears throat> at, at Iowa State that, that always bodes well. John Lynch said he had some traits that reminded him of Nick Mullins. That's that's always a good sign as well. I mean, they like <laughs> Nick Mullins a whole lot. He wasn't a bad backup. So, um, you know, that that's not too bad. And Purdy said he hit it off with the QB coach, Brian Grease, and also the assistant quarterback coach, um, Clay Kubiak. So well, what do you think about this pick? So I'll be totally honest. My initial reaction was a negative one. I was like, when I when I saw it come on the screen, I was in the space. I was like, what the heck are we doing? Are we drafting a quarterback? And then I, and then my rational sex kind of kicked in. I'll, I'll give some some reasoning into why we drafted Purdy. And so Purdy likely spends the year on the practice squad, right? 
he probably like he probably takes over the the Nate Sudfeld role unless we for some reason carry three quarterbacks on the roster in Lance Sudfeld and Purdy going into 2022. But <clears throat> Purdy was a guy who I'm assuming, like you said, hit it off with the coaching staff. the The, the group wanted him potentially to eclipse or uh, surpass Nate Sudfeld as the backup quarterback for the future. Um, and he has solid traits. In a way, he his his pro comp for me is Jimmy Garoppolo, and what I mean by that is oh, I don't think he necessarily has arm talent in a way, but to me, I think he's fairly accurate between the numbers, which is what Jimmy Garoppolo is best known for, and he works best out of play action, not necessarily when he has to um, process a lot uh, because, or not necessarily it's because of the processing power, but out of the shotgun, obviously with limited arm talent, I don't think that. It best suits him, but out of the play action, when he's able to dictate and kind of control the pace of the game, I think Purdy is best in that range. And I know a lot of people were happy about the pick just because they like Brock Purdy in a way. But um, I think that in in a way, it's a solid pick because you have, in a way, a backup quarterback there. And so to me, I think this signifies kind of two things. One, the 49ers weren't going to be able to get him. As an undrafted free agent, he probably would have gone for more expensive money than what the 49ers probably paid for that seventh round pick as well. I That's just my assumption. And two, Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't really have a spot in this roster anymore, which has been clear for the past couple of months. But now the 49ers have four quarterbacks on their roster. Obviously, yeah. you likely carry two, max three on the 53-man roster. Purdy, to me, is probably a practice squad guy who they elevate as a third quarterback on on game days as part of that 55-man uh, roster on game days. But that's that's what I feel about this selection. Um, I, I wonder, like after I do a little more study, is there more to him? Do I think he can be the quarterback number two in this class? And does this signify anything about Nate Sutfeld, who originally they were high on because of his mentorship with Trey Lance and his relationship there, but maybe they're not as bullish on him right now with this selection? Yeah, interesting you mentioned that. I mean, it'd be hard to imagine that they don't believe in Sudfeld as a uh, backup quarterback. I mean, right. he he has some guarantees to his contract, right? So and Hefty guarantees, yeah. Yeah, so I, I'd imagine he, he sticks around for that reason. And so maybe Purdy, um, you know, will revert to the practice squad, you know, after the 53 um, is assembled and I will see I mean hopefully like you said hopefully this means Jimmy Garoppolo is not on the roster much longer we don't right. know there's a lot of talk about uh, Garoppolo and Baker Mayfield garnering some potential interest from uh, the Panthers so we'll, we'll see what happens there's definitely some time here before you know we get into training camp and all that mm-hmm. to sort that all of that out um but oh shit my light almost fell Let, let's get back to some of these undrafted okay okay i got one more slide Th- this is the entire okay. this is oh, the entire, entire draft class really <clears throat> quick um want to get your grades on what you think of the entire class as a whole so I can't go really any higher than a B plus, and in reality, I don't think it's a B plus. I probably would put it to a B minus to a B. Drake Jackson, obviously, the A plus pick. Tyreen yes. Davis Price. Me personally, I love the player, not the pick. 
I don't think that as a third rounder, I don't think that that was as valuable for a running back with positions like safety on the board and interior offensive line if you wanted to go there. I also, I was thinking about it in the sixth round about running backs. There were running backs like Devontae Price still available. And I'm not saying that he's a better player than Ty Davis Price, but the value of a sixth round pick like uh, like a Devontae Price in the sixth round, I think it would have been better than the value of a Tyrion Davis Price. Regardless, it's interesting because I think Tyrion Davis Price is going to be the best contributor out of this entire class in 2022. I think uh, I personally believe that alongside Danny Gray and Drake Jackson. Gray, I also love the pick, but in the in the on day three, I wasn't as high uh, maybe on the on the players. Obviously, Burford and um, uh, Nick Zakelji, I thought that they were both kind of projection players. I didn't necessarily think that both of them were immediate starters potentially. Um, although Zakelji, I think could push maybe to compete. Um, Womack could be the day one starter at slot corner with that size and speed, but obviously a little bit of a reach in my opinion, um, given that he was projected as a seventh round pick. Castro Fields was a great pick. Kalia Davis was a great pick. <clears throat> and I'm fine with the Brock Burke pick. So I'd say around a B minus to a B, somewhere around there. I'm pretty much on the same page. Yesterday, um, I gave them a B grade again, because I thought Drake Jackson was an A plus A A plus pick. Uh, right. Danny Gray, I really liked that pick. But again, Ty Davis Price, it's not it's not a reflection of the player to me. Like he can be a great running back, right? And mm-hmm. you know, by all accounts, it looks like he he is. But value, you mentioned it. Value, third round, no, like that's not when you get running backs and. Right. They have a history of not getting the best running back value out of the third round. I mean, Trey Sermon just last year, you look at uh, their history there with some of the other running back picks that they've made and, you know, it just hasn't turned out well for them. Hopefully Davis Price could be the exception to that. Um, But I still have a bit of an issue with that pick, um, you know, considering it is of value with, third round so aside from that though like for me today Kalia Davis and Tariq Castro Fields also saved the day for the 49ers Mm. um you know those are two picks that I really liked great value again in the sixth round and back to back so I I loved those both so I'm also leaning you know B or B minus for this draft um you know I think for me as well um I'll say real quick I think for me as well some part of the reason that this draft kind of downgraded for me is because I think so many other teams had great drafts. And that's where I think a part of ours, like a B or B minus for other classes might be better. Like other, other years might be better, but for me, a B or B minus is probably in the bottom 10 of this, of the, of every team in the draft class. And it makes sense, right? We didn't have a first round pick. So you're not necessarily going to get the value that other teams like the jets who had three first round picks are going to have, but I didn't think that this was a home run draft class necessarily when over the next two years, I think you're going to need a home run draft class given how you're going to have a lot of roster turnover, right? Which means you yes. need those guys that can stay. And based on last year's class, it doesn't seem very, very high for Trey Sermon, who was a third round selection. And we don't know exactly about guys like Diameter Lenore, who they don't seem too confident about. At least we haven't heard confidence surrounding Diamond Lenore from the front office specifically. And so it's interesting where last last year's class will face 
because over the next couple of years, like the Rams have done in years past when they've had to deal with roster turnover, they've hit on draft picks consistently. And that's going to be up to the 49ers in the front office to continuously do that over the next couple of years until we face some more stability in terms of roster construction. Yeah. And speaking of the Rams, I like the, they, they grabbed a safety and a cornerback as well today that um, were at great value for them. Uh, so, you know, to your point, you know, they, they draft well at, at those positions of need and or those positions where they have that turnover. So, um, hopefully, you know, 49ers, all of these are hits. As we know, you know, not every pick in any draft is going to be a hit, but, you know, hopefully some of these, at least in the positions of need, um, you know, end up performing well for the 49ers. Now, I am very excited, right? So I, I wanted to skip over that really quick, but now yeah. let's talk <laughs> about the undrafted free agents because, um, Dude, I am excited about some of these names. The first name we heard was Jason Poe. Again, a player I would have been so excited if they had drafted this guy like in the late, you know, sixth or seventh round. And look at us. Look at us, man. Getting um, Jason Poe at this stage, I think that's a great pick, great value. Um, we also have wide receiver Tay Martin out of Oklahoma State. Uh, linebacker, two linebackers, actually, uh, Sagoon Alubi from San Diego State, Jeremiah Gamel out of North Carolina, another corner, Taylor Hopkins out of San Diego State, another wide receiver, Taser Mack out of Pitt, and um, we got Leon O'Neal out of Texas A&M. I know a lot of people were like, oh, like 49er fans are overhyping this guy. Dude, at the as a undrafted free agent, that that's great value for him. Like, I I don't really know right. how he ended up going undrafted. Uh, I think he was, yes, maybe some 49er fans were getting a little too excited about him, but you know, I still think he probably should have gotten drafted late. Now the 49ers have him as an undrafted free agent. A couple other names that came in after we started this show, um, offensive lineman, Sam Schluter, uh, mm, as well as okay. UCLA DB Quan Trez Knight. And as we mentioned a little bit ago, Arizona State Center Donovan West. Rohan, what, what do you think about some of these names? Like who excites you the most? Yeah, so I mean, I'll start with the one you started off or you ended with in Donovan West because I heard some information. He got paid 100,000 guaranteed. And I mean, it just yeah. shows, right? Some of these players, well, they're not going to get drafted. They're going to get a, they're going to get their money regardless in a way. And I think Donovan West just got that money with 100K guaranteed. For me, the guys that excite me the most, let's just talk about the positions of need in a way first. Center is obviously one of them. We got two of them, Jason Poe and Donovan West. And I thought both were draftable players. I know people were clamoring to draft West in the third, West in the fourth, West in the fifth, sixth, and seventh. We get him as an undrafted free agent. That's phenomenal value. And obviously my draft grade before is based on the draft itself, not the undrafted free agents, because I think the 49ers hit the ball out of the park with these undrafted free agents. <clears throat> Another guy a little bit more underrated, Jeremiah Jamel. I think that he should have been drafted as well out of North Carolina. And we know what the 49ers do with linebackers. D'Amico Ryans is the cornerstone of that defense. Jeremiah Gamel, I think, has a uh, has the potential to be a diamond in the rough. 
And I mean, the 49ers like these undrafted linebackers, right? Last year, who did they pay 180,000 to? Uh, it was Justin Hilliard out of Ohio State. They tried stashing on the practice squad. Unfortunately, he got picked up by the New York Giants. And it just shows to a testament how other teams believe that the guys that the 49ers like kind of, uh, they like the guys that the 49ers like, especially at the linebacker position because of how well-respected Ryan's is. They, and Hilliard was picked up. I think Jamel is a good pick. I think Poe is solid. I think uh, Donovan West is. And I think Poe and West definitely can compete to make the roster right. When you look at it, I don't know how high they are on Jake Brendel. I'm fairly sure that he can be moved on on if he loses out to Poe or Donovan West. I think yeah. that one guy that the 49ers haven't really made a lot of buzz on is Justin Skeel coming back from a torn Achilles. I think with the selection of our two guys today who potentially could also be swing tackles alongside the addition of Jalen Moore from last year, who is um, shown experience as a swing tackle. I don't know his future with the 49ers, especially if the 49ers do like both Poe and Mercer, or sorry, Poe out of Mercer and West uh, out of Arizona state, because those guys have center guard flexibility, which is almost yeah. as valuable as guard tackle flexibility. I like the linebacker. I like these two. And um, Leon O'Neal, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll touch a bit on that because me personally, I'm not as high as other people are on Leon O'Neal. The reason is I don't think he's a great scheme fit. I think he's a solid player because he he, he delivers on instinct, right? But to me, the 49ers need athletes at the uh, at safety position. Leon O'Neal really didn't test well. He's not really that fast on uh, in game speed as well. I think he's more of an instinctual player. That's extremely valuable. But the 49ers kind of have their guy um, who's a box safety in a way not necessarily as athletic in Talano Hufanga. And also 49ers fans are bullish that he can be the game day, like he can be a day one starter because he doesn't possess the versatility and the athleticism most importantly the 49ers require at the safety position opposite of Jimmy Ward. A lot of people have been saying as of late, Odom, George Odom. Oh yeah. I think he'll he'll get a fair shot to compete. I think that uh, because the, like a lot of people were looking at his last year tape, right, where he had seven starts at safety. I think that he definitely could because Tavarius Moore we don't know about. And Hufanga, like I'm with a lot of people, I don't think that he's a situational guy. Just don't think that he can be a day one starter in a way. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you there. So who knows? May, I mean, Odom could definitely be one of those uh, sleeper signings. See, if it was someone on the defensive line who maybe – underperformed or or didn't have a huge role we'd be like oh yeah this is like perfect signing and then odom came along and it was like oh he's just a special teams guy no i i mean i i think for some time i was scared to say it but i i think they do view him as a um potential starter at the very least and mm -hmm. You know, seeing who they drafted or who they didn't draft, they didn't draft safeties. Um, you know, that that tells you all you need to know about how they feel about that group. Um, yeah, yeah, you said it. Um, 49ers media tart. He could be back. John Lynch did say, you know, he hasn't closed the door on that. So if that makes mm -hmm. sense for the team, um, they could absolutely bring him back. And, you know, that's an option as well. I would not hate that. At all, I think they want to see what Odom looks like first before making that decision. Parvarius Moore as well, um, and so they'll, they'll go from there. But you know, it's good to know that they could always bring him back if they would like. Once again, for those of you guys watching, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you like this video. Some names that were not listed on here that the 49ers have signed as undrafted free agents since we started the stream. Arizona State Donovan West, um, UCLA DB Quan Trez Knight, 
and uh, Gophers offensive lineman Sam Schluter. You you had a bit of a reaction to Sam Schluter when I first mentioned him, his name, Rohan. Um, did yeah. you have any thoughts on him? So I thought, honestly, I thought that um, he was an interesting player. I didn't, like, he was a guy that I kind of stumbled upon. I didn't really, like, watch him watch him. But then I stumbled upon him, and I thought he was an, he, he would have been an all right player because obviously he played opposite of Daniel Falele. And I think he he has a bit of potential out there um, coming out of Minnesota. I'll be interested to see where he kind of slides in at the at the what do you call it at the NFL level. Do I think he's a really good 49ers player? Not necessarily. He's six six, about three ten, but I don't think that he has the speed uh, to kind of keep up in a outside zone scheme. At least with the players that we've drafted and that we currently have on the roster. But it's an interesting name just to throw in the mix um, for training camp for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm very happy with what they're doing um, in free agency so far after the draft. And I mean, I don't know, they have a pretty solid history of some undrafted free agents panning out. So I think some of these names have that potential as well. I feel pretty good about the draft overall. Again, it feels like the 49ers, you know, they have a different view of their team than, you know, us fans and, you know, different perception, uh, you know, uh, out of the positions that we felt they needed, they didn't feel they needed as badly. So we'll see how that turns out for them. I mean, you know, maybe, maybe it, it will be all right. And I'm very excited for the season. I'm so glad that the draft is over. This has been such an exhausting, like, process following all this for the last you know the month last and two weeks like, the last two weeks have been crazy. yeah they've yeah. been really but now crazy. sit back relax and we get to see what these <laughs> players do i mean sit back and relax for like two weeks off-season program yeah. for the 49ers starts in may end of may exactly. somewhere around there exactly and then we're gonna get started going again um rohan thank you so so much for coming on with me today and talking about day three of the draft real quick plug your socials for us yeah so you guys can follow me on twitter at rohan chakrav for those of you that like my article work you can go ahead to 49ers web zone i can uh i contribute them cover the 49ers for them and then obviously i have my own podcast as well with marco martinez my co-host 49ers red zone be sure to tap in we go live every week but Steph, thank you for having me on. Obviously, it's a pleasure. 4900K uh, podcast, um, pleasure to come along. And uh, thank you for having me on. And yeah, we'll definitely catch up after the draft. Of course, man. It's been a pleasure. You've been killing it this this whole draft cycle. So very happy to have you on and, and talk draft with me here today. All right. You guys listening, make sure to subscribe. Make sure you like this video. If you guys want to break down a review of the day two picks that the 49ers made, make sure you catch that. It's on the YouTube channel. I talked with Akash on, on some of those players. So, um, But have a good night, everyone. Enjoy this post-draft, uh, you know, rest that we have now for a little bit and peace.